You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced weekly for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org slash YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Real Men Feel is brought to you by The Good Men Project. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having. Your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. And this week, um, we're exploring, it's going to be interesting, we're exploring the needs, wants, and dreams of, of a man and, you know, how do you balance them and, and the way that you balance them or perhaps aren't balancing them can, can make you view yourself as a man. And, and my guest today is blogger and podcaster, Andrew Davis. So welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Cool, cool. And uh, Andrew reached out to me um, in, a, in a Facebook group and said he wanted to come on and talk about the challenges and frustrations men feel around doing what you have to do versus what you want to do. And I think that can, you know, everyone can relate to that. Everyone has, you know, you know what, what they, their wishes, their dreams, their hobbies, you know, how they'd rather spend the day. And then, you know, they have what they really have to do each day. And hopefully there's a lot of overlap. I think that's, that's, that's my goal anyway. But but, um, you know, so what, what prompted you to, to want to talk about this? How, how, are, how are your own wants and needs showing up in your life right now? So I think I'll just ultimately come out and say it to kind of take the elephant out of the room, but I have a physical disability and that changes the way I view things. It changes the way I function. And so there's a lot of wants I want to do and I have to do certain things to take care of myself in order just to even do my job and go to my job. And I love my job. I work for the government. I'm doing exactly what I went to college for, which is working in government, dealing with political science, analyzing government. And that's as far as I could talk about my job type thing. But I have a physical disability and I'm in pain. And so I have something called hereditary spastic paraplegia. And so my muscles are tight. And so one of the things that I have to do is that I have to ice. I have to make sure that every night, I kind of rest my body in a certain way and that I make sure and that when, you know, I have to manage pain and sometimes I have to use crutches to get around. And so that's the have so that I can go to my job and so that I can go pay my apartment and my rent, go get food, order food, be able to live and be able to do what we have to do in life. And so that's really where this all starts, but it even extends further where to just even talk about me and managing money. For, for, for me, I have to manage my money so efficiently and invest it so efficiently, partially because of my physical position where I can't count 
on, you know, to, to, to mess up. Not that anybody can count on messing up, but even for me, I have to be so disciplined in that regard. And I am, in which that I take about 20% of my paycheck and I actually put it into the stock market and I put it into dividends. And so I'm investing very, very conservatively and non-aggressively because I'm going to need that money when things just, if they get worse. And I don't know what what holds, but, but it's that type of situation that I'm in. And then the dream component is that I'm a podcaster, I'm a writer. And so I have to manage that as well. And I'm managing what I want to do, which goes back to my job where I'm not able to make a living and be able to pay my rent on my podcast and on my writing and what I'm doing with my website, blogging, writing articles, whatever we're going to call it. I'm not able to. So I go to my job, but then I have to manage the disability component. And so this is the entire dilemma that, that I'm circling around and constantly balancing. And then you'll have bad days and when you have a physical problem, there are really, really bad days and it's hard to, you know, manage your interests and they come into conflict with those things. And so that's what I wanted to really talk about and dive into and really explore and go through because I know that I'm not the only one feeling that whether it's small or big with, with your audience or really any audience, a lot of people feel that. And then a lot of people have to do a lot of things that they don't necessarily want to do. And so that's where I'm at and I'm balancing all that. And to some degree, I'm achieving success because I'm able to make certain sacrifices to do a job. And then I get the ability to take my excess money after I manage my money and save it and invest it into doing a hobby. And it's that constant struggle between those entities that are lashing out at each other. So does it always feel like a struggle? Or do you have periods of like, oh, everything's just fitting great today or this week? Or how is, how is that? So some days things go really, really smooth. I have about maybe 20 perfect days a year, <laughs> which, which everything is solid. Where, where, where I'm not in pain, nothing's going wrong, everything's just flowing. And it doesn't mean that, that, that things don't flow throughout the day where... I struggle, I could be struggling physically, but I'm not miserable. Mm -hmm. But there, there are days where, where it is a war. And most days for, for me, it, it is a struggle to, to, to keep the balance and to, the, the way I view it, and I'm going to use this, is that I only need 51%. So, so I don't need a complete where I don't need a 75% victory. If I'm having a 51% day, that, that's a winning day for me. And if the other 49 is hell, it's still hell. It affects me, but, but, but it's that 2% struggle. Once we reach over the majority, I guess, once we are the majority of the day is good, and it's a good day, but, but I have to constantly remind myself of that because it is tough. It is tough to stay positive, and you always have to fight for, for, for the small little victory components and so for, for me, that, that's where I feel. And so in many ways, it's also very much internal. Hmm. Hmm. So is, is kind of the biggest challenge the, the pain level that you experience a day-to-day -day basis? 
So the pain is an issue and it's a lot of muscle tightness and it's also physically walking. And so I struggle to physical walk. And even when, when I'm not in pain, sometimes I'll stumble, sometimes I'll fall and it's not very pleasant. And it, 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 it's sometimes hard to, you know, get up because I get up at 6.20 in the morning. I'm in my job by 7.30 and, and I choose, I could be in my job at eight. I could be in my job at nine. I want, I work an eight hour day and I like to leave at 3.30, 3.40 because I like to have more of my day and the back end I like to avoid traffic. But it's hard when, when you have an ambulatory problem to get up and go forward and kickstart your day mm-hmm. in the morning. And that that's a choice. And, and I think it's the right choice in which that because I'm avoiding people in the morning and it's a lot easier to move when there's less people in your way. Gotcha. It's, it's, it's a lot easier to get in at seven o'clock in the morning, seven thirty, than to get in at nine o'clock. Just, just in work on the Metro or you're taking an Uber. It's, it's all a hell of a lot easier. And so I set up my day purposely to avoid the easiest path, but it is hard to, to walk. I would say that walking is the hardest point and then pain is not fun either. And pain affects your morale more than, than it affects um, your physically, me at least, because when, when you're in pain, you're like, everything's miserable, everything's hard. Why am I doing this? And then you got to constantly remind yourself saying, look, getting a paycheck, I'm going to take X amount of money out of this, invest it, that money's going to grow. And you got to, that's how I constantly have to rationalize things saying that I'm doing something and I'm doing A, B, C, and D, even though X, Y, and Z are going to hell and it's just sinking fast and this is struggling. And, and has this, has the physical challenge uh, been there all your life? Has it gotten worse as you've gotten older? What, what's that been like? Um, it's been there all my life. It's manifested and it's gotten worse because, because I haven't exactly, um, it, it, it is um, a progressive disease for, for it's a progressive genetic disease. And so it is going to progress. And so it is, and you know, it is, it's, it's complicated because it's, it's a constant battle of treating it, stretching, handling that. And I stretch and I try to do what I can, but you know, this is, this is where the, the business stuff comes in. So when you're writing and you're podcasting or you just want to go home and play video games, you, know, you can't be stretching. You can't be in physical therapy your entire life. You know, I could stretch for, for, for three days and I, and I do stretch for several days, but it's, it's always a battle to, 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 to minimize the progression. And while, while the stretching helps, it doesn't always solve the issue. It is a progressive disease. And wants and needs, uh, you know, it feels like, like, I feel like everybody knows what they are to themselves, but, but could you define them? Like how, how do you know the difference? Oh, I want to do this versus, oh, I have to do this. So, so, so per perfect example is I'll, I'll use an example that, that hasn't occurred for, for me, but, 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 but it's, it, it, it works perfectly in my life is that, so I want to go to the movies and it, and it's and it's a Thursday night. I'll, I'll use I'll use a better example, a fun example for for a twenty five year old. 
so everybody knows that bar night is Thursday, Friday, sometimes Saturday. <laughs> I know that I have coworkers who can go to a bar on Thursday night. They have perfectly no problem bodies. At least, at least they, they don't have the same problem I have. I know that I can't do that. And which that is a want for me. A need for me is to go and ice my foot after a tough day. And so it's a necessity. I don't even like the word need. I like the word necessity because a necessity means that, that it is mandatory where, where icing my foot or, or even elevating my foot on my bed and actually getting an eight hour night of sleep is a necessity when I have a tough day because my body's not, it's, it's resting. It's taking pressure off of my muscles. It's taking pressures off of my leg. And so that's the difference between the two of them. I would like a million dollars. I don't need a million dollars to live right now. You know, you know, you know, it's, it's that mentality. And so for, for me, it's that my want is I want to go out to a bar. It's on a Friday night that, that, that can happen, but not on a Thursday. So, so, so my want on a Thursday is not the same as my want on a Friday. Gotcha. So, so your necessities are really being driven, at least it sounds like right now, by your physical issues. They're, they're a part of it. Also, you know, it is after, after an eight hour day, I don't really want to see people <laughs> with, 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 with all due respect to everybody. But part of it is the physical issue and the way that kind of drove me into podcasting, drove me into having a short-lived career on YouTube definitely drove me into writing and I guess blogging or creating internet writable content. Um, it's also driven me into video games and it's also driven in me into a lot of my hobbies because it just relates to that. And so I figured out a way around things and I'm not unhappy that I can't go to a bar on a Thursday. I mean, it sucks sometimes because it would be nice. To, to, to have the option on the table, but that that's just the way my, my cards were dealt and there's nothing I can do about that. And honestly, I, I'm a diligent worker too. So I probably wouldn't go on a Thursday, but even still it's, it's not, it's, it would be nice to have the option. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, I, thankfully I've never um, personally, I don't have any personal experience with, um, with just kind of this never ending or, or chronic physical pain. But you know, a lot of people have told me that when dealing with chronic pain, that it really does take a toll on, on your emotions, on your mental health. Um, so is that part of your experience? It, it, to some degree, it, it is more morale. Okay. And, and it's taken me a while to figure out how to separate things and how to do it. And there, there are days where you just, say F it where, where there, there, there are days where, where you just throw in the towel and, and you, you can't do anything. Like there, there are days where, where it's just a rough day. And, and I mean, really rough where, where, where everything goes wrong. And what, what you do is that for, for, for me, you know, I'll just sit and watch anime. I won't speak to anybody, you know, typically, I'm not going to edit a podcast. I'm not going to write anything. And that, that's how I cope. But, but for, for the most part, you know, I, I can table things. And a lot of what I do with, like, 
with the podcast, I thoroughly enjoy what I do with that. I thoroughly enjoy to write and to tell a story. And I enjoy looking at social media and I enjoy analyzing things. And so I, I, I'm, I've gotten a lot better at this of turning it off saying, okay, look, I'm icing my foot. I can go play Overwatch at the same time. And I could go take out some of my aggression while killing the other team and communicating with people. And we're all just cursing at the other team and they, they can't hear us. And, and, and we're, we're having a nice time and I've gotten better at that, but that's taken a while to figure out how to do that and how to turn it off and how to really get there. And also there are days where when, when things are bad and I have an interview to do and I'm conducting it and I got to be on my A game. And you know, what it is a lot of the time is that I just focus on the task at hand and I'll deal with whatever happens after I do said interview. And a lot of the times if I'm doing an interview and I'm having a bad day and I know that I killed the interview, it helps a lot from a morale position because I know that I just accomplished something. Hmm. So that, that also helps. Cool. So, so if you could go to the bars every Thursday night, you, you might not have gotten into podcasting and writing as you've been doing. I think I think I wouldn't be as um, uh, aggressive with it. I don't think I would be where I am right now. Um, the, the the story of how I got into podcasting and writing is probably the most bizarre one. I'm going to take some shots at YouTube, um, but, but but as everybody who who's on YouTube knows, or maybe they don't, is that YouTube back in 2012, 2013. Um, was didn't really know what they were doing with monetization. And what wound up happening is that everybody can monetize, everybody can do things. And I didn't really read their rules of agreement, their termination clauses. And I was making videos and I decided to inflate my own ads, click on my own ads, put on my own videos. And I got kicked off from monetizing with Google AdSense. Fast forward 2017, 2018, a little bit end of 2016, um, there was an entire issue with advertisers, um, particularly with Breitbart and how people were furious with them. And not to get too political, but um, people didn't like the fact that their ads were appearing on things that they didn't want. Big companies were pulling out on YouTube. YouTube lost legitly tens of millions of dollars because people were furious and YouTubers were furious and other groups were furious on their websites with ad choice and AdSense. And so then YouTube changed their game up. Meanwhile, I've been off of YouTube and monetizing, making money for five years at that point when all this happened. And now what wound up fast forward to really now and about six months ago, you need to have about 10,000 plays or 10,000 subscribers to monetize on YouTube efficiently. From my understanding, they changed their game. And also there's just a lot of, issues going on where if YouTube doesn't like something you're doing, they'll demonetize your video or they'll give you a community strike. And so that's what got me into creating a website first. It is that, and I wasn't old enough to drink. And then that happened. And following that, I was doing written interviews and then I was doing podcasting. And then I said, after written interviews, I said, hey, nobody wants to read this. Let me just distribute it as an audio file. I had no idea what a podcast was. Then 
I distributed it after doing four of those. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. I can make a show out of this. And then lo and behold, I got into it. And since I'm not, because of my disability, I tend to come home in my house and we have Skype, we have Zoom, we have all these internet communication tools. Started interviewing people just right from my bedroom. And 88 episodes later and about 25 in my backlog, here I am. And I guess not going to the bar on Thursdays and spending that time for three hours instead. And the money I would have spent on drinks has been all going to podcast and buying equipment, buying Facebook ads, which, which I use and other materials and stuff and research time. And that's pretty much how that story came up. So part of it is, is, is the entry into that. Not all of it. <laughs> so it sounds like you have a big, uh, big entrepreneurial history in yourself as well. I, 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 I take risks and, and, and I try and I'm trying to build something and I've been on eBay, I buy, sell comic books and uh, I hustle. <laughs> now, is that, is, does any of that, any of kind of your hobbies, any of your hustling, does that relate to what you studied in, in college at all? Or is this just all kind of self-taught stuff? None of it relates to college. I was a political science major with a concentration in legal studies, was going to go to law school. Realized I didn't want to go to law school. <laughs> Wound up studying abroad in D.C., which is where I currently live, and love D.C. Then I got myself down here. I did a first semester of grad school down here. And following that, I just said, I don't really want to do this. Got a job in the government. I worked in policy-type stuff and laws and stuff like that, and I like my job. And... Uh, I, I just was, was a fan of comic books, which is what I deal with. I was a fan of anime. I was a fan of professional wrestling. I'm a fan of cosplayers, which interlaps with all those. And it just it just happened where I just went for it. And then I took a shot and I made some sacrifices to find funding for it. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. And that, that's just really, it's really bizarre to me how I got into this and how I fell into it in many ways where this had nothing to do with what I studied. I had no idea what I was doing when I started YouTubing. I had no idea when I started a website what I was doing. I had no idea when I started a podcast what I was, what I was going to be doing or how I was going to do it or how to even conduct an interview. And one of the things that's fascinating to me, and this, this is, I think, part of being a man, is that sometimes you've got to take a risk. You know, you know, you know, you know, what, what, what I think is so interesting is that you'll get a lot of successful people, a lot of successful men have taken risks. And one of the things about taking risks is that taking a risk is not necessarily risky. If you believe in yourself or you say, hey, you know what is taking a shot and I'm going to put 300 bucks behind it, which is initially I put maybe 500 bucks behind the podcast and the website collectively pick up materials, hosting, things like that. And if you're taking a $500 risk, that's really nothing. I mean, my Xbox One costs $500. It's, it's seriously not a big risk. And I'm not balking at if you have no food to go out and take a $500 risk. Obviously, priorities need to be there. But, but at the same time, if you have a decent job, and you're making 40k, $500 to take a risk to start a podcast or start a website and see where it goes is not a big risk. Right. 
Cool. So, so you brought up masculinity there. And so if you, if you just went to your, your day job and you know, you hit the bars most of the nights, does, does that, does that seem like less masculine in your new kind of outlook because you're not taking risks there? Like how, how does that land? Yeah. I don't think you're, you're, you're any less of a man for, for not doing that. But, 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 but I also don't, I mean, it, it's tricky in which that I don't think that you're accomplishing something in which that, you know, you know, we, we, we look at great men in society, they accomplish things. And so I don't want to say that you're any less of a man, but, but, but you're, you're, you're not more of a man for, for accomplishing something because if you have a family, let, let's say I went to my day job, I then married a girl and we had two kids, you know, that, that that's a pretty, and I'm providing for my family. You know, you know, you know, I, I don't think that we, we in America give men enough credit for that, hmm. for, for, for taking care of their family. You know, we, we, we look at, all these shows and these dads are stupid dads on these shows and they're idiots and yet they're providing for their family. Yeah. I think, I think that that is a very masculine thing to do. And I think it's a very important thing to do, but I also think that it's also very masculine to say, Hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to try to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to go and try to, to go out and accomplish something that hasn't been done yet. And that I might fail or I'm going to go and take a risk because and I'm going to go actually believe in what I'm doing. And so if I didn't believe in, in, in when, when I went out and said and did my podcast, I mean, I put a lot of faith on myself and I betted hard on that. When I came down to D.C., I didn't have a job because I came down a year before my master's. So I was here about a year and I was doing an internship, making no money, but, but I bet on myself. Hmm. And I think that that's extremely being a man is stepping up to the plate. Now you could be stepping up to the plate to your family. You could be stepping up the plate to yourself. You could be stepping up the plate to say, Hey, I want a better life. And I just think that there's not just, just, I think that that's what it really means is just stepping up to the plate. And then the counter argument is that, well, what if a woman steps up to the plate? Can a woman be masculine? And then the answer is, yeah, a woman can be masculine and, and not, not to the sense that, that she's not a woman or she's not biologically a female. She could have masculine traits. But I also think that a woman could also be very much female and empowered, which is the same masculine, just, just on that other side of the table. Cool. So, again, just to, just to make it as clear as I can make it that – it's part in, in your view, and, and I would agree that this that that part of being a man is is taking risk, is that drive and investing in yourself and entrepreneurship and all those sort of things. But not doing that doesn't mean you're less of a man. No, not at all. In which right. that if 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 you're doing the bare minimum and you're taking care of your family, then that 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 and then you're providing your for your family and you're raising your children and all that, then 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 you 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 are a man and that that's stepping off. And if you're just living and not bothering anybody, it doesn't make you any less of a man. What does make you less of a man is if you go and rape somebody, if you go commit a crime, if you go and father a child and leave that child, that makes you less of a man. 
because because that is clearly doing what you're not supposed to do. So we can have needs and wants and dreams and also all the things we're not supposed to do. Would you just like not even not being a less of a man, but just you're just doing a, you're being a bad freaking human being. Yeah. And, and in many ways that there are certain things that are unmanly. Hmm. Like if, if, if you father a child and then you leave the mother that that is a very unmanly thing to do. And I'm going to say it. And then if people want to push back on that, that's perfectly fine. But I view that as being one of the holy grails of being unmanly because because you're not taking responsibility. You're not stepping up to the plate. You're not doing what you're supposed to do in this situation if you knowingly know it. And, and I think I think that that's the key. Right. So it's, again, a common theme here seems to be empowerment by taking responsibility, by, by making and owning your choices. Be it, be it going to the bar or be it launching a podcast and not sure what the hell you're doing with it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, so Zit, let, let's, let's, let's talk about your podcast. So what, what is your podcast about? What's it called? So my podcast is the Pop Anime Comics Lounge. And I'm a big anime comic wrestling fan, cosplay fan. And I just sit with people, um, particularly, you know, comic artists, writers, voice actors, grew up watching or I'm watching right now cosplayers who I think are attractive and do some cool stuff and really are talented and might not get as much credit as they deserve as well as professional wrestlers and we just talk about their careers we talk about their inspirations we talk about what's going on with them you know you know I talk about hey you know how'd you get into this you know with voice actors I say obviously this character is extremely popular what is it like for you? How'd you get into that character with wrestlers? I say, you know, where'd you train at? And obviously sometimes wrestlers have very unique stories. I just did somebody who has native American heritage and she came into wrestling late. And so we actually spoke about that and we spoke about that and we spoke about all the stigmas that native Americans have and how it was incorporated into her character versus being, you know, a, a element of her character. And, and it was a very, very, interesting discussion because you get to the core things and then with with cosplayers obviously i talk about craftsmanship and what it's like for them and how why they choose what they do and then i think comic writers and artists just talk about coming up with new concepts you know what it's like to write for dc or write batman and stuff like that and so we just have a conversation usually for 30 minutes to an hour and I do as many of them as I can, and I release them, and I have 88 episodes out currently, and I love it, and I do a lot of research, and I thoroughly enjoy it because I think it's so fascinating, and I'm a strong believer that you should know who your heroes are, and that you should meet all your heroes, and some of them will disappoint you, but a lot of them will, will impress you, and I think that these are some of the best people out there. And I just love talking to them. And I find it so fascinating. I've become smarter since I've started podcasting because I've had done that research. Cool. So are these all the same kind of topics that you've always been into since you were a kid? So I've been into comics and anime. Since anime I've been into since I was like five. And comics, I came in at 12. And then professional wrestling, I came in at maybe 15. And then cosplay has just been on the peripherals. 
And uh, originally I wasn't going to do cosplayers. And then I got into it and I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. And then they were thrown into it. And for, for me, the thing is that I don't really care what anybody else thinks about my podcast. I ask whatever I want. I ask difficult questions. I ask provocative questions. I ask what I want to know. And, and that's what I thoroughly enjoy because if I want to know something, a lot of other people want to know it too. Mm. I'm a strong believer. I mean, just, just to even talk about this podcast, I'm sure that a lot of men have, have, have a very interesting dilemma going on of what's masculinity, what's going on, and how, how do I break all this stuff down in today's world? And so I would imagine that you thought about that before even doing this podcast. And so when I was doing mine and creating it, so I created the concept, I said, what do I want to know? And are there fans like me out there who want to experience the same thing? And the answer is yes, there, there are, because people really respond well. And while I wish it was more, these things take time, but, but there, there is a fan base who wants to hear what people have to say, and they want an outside source that's not corporate, for lack of a better word. Cool. And, and you've talked about it really, you've fallen into all of these, these opportunities, these things that you created. Um, but you know, to step back and just, just meeting you and talking to you now, it really sounds like you are, you know, living a version of a dream you might've had as a kid. If someone, if someone told, if you could tell yourself at nine, Oh, you're going to be talking to these wrestlers and cosplayers and comic writers. And you know, you can have an audience, you know, you probably might, maybe you didn't even believe it possible. Yeah, I, I never would have imagined where, where I would be because it is so distant to me. I didn't even know what a podcast was four years ago. And so for, for, for me, you know, you know, the other thing I didn't talk about is I have a writing disability. So, so, so think about that. You have a, somebody who, and then we, we could call blogging. It could be the lowest form of writing. It could be the highest form of writing. It's, <laughs> It's, it's, it's all perception, but, but nonetheless, it's writing. And so you have somebody who has a writing disability who's writing and is creating content. I mean, if somebody, because for the longest time, I did everything in my humanly possible to avoid writing. And here I am. And so, you know, just, just if somebody said to me eight years ago, you're going to be a podcaster, you're going to be doing this, you're going to be doing that. I probably wouldn't have believed them. And in many ways, I get to be part of a community in a different way than being part of the community. So if you want to be a comic writer or an artist, you have to write a comic or draw a comic. If you want to be a voice actor, you have to get in front of a microphone and voice a character, go on auditions and go through a lot of things. If you want to be a wrestler, well, you're going to get suplexed in a ring. It's just the way it works. Or you could be a wrestling writer or there's all sorts of jobs that are associated for me, if I just want to interview them, all I have to do is shoot them an email. They could say yes. They could say no. If they say yes, we pick a time. I do my research and we got it. something good and I'm part of the industry now because now I am covering something and I'm having a conversation with them. And so it's a very different way on how to get into the industry. And in many ways, I have more options than they do when I'm interviewing these people. And so it's very cool. And it's it's a dream where I'm part of several industries without actually participating in those industries. And it's just mind blowing. And 
a lot of cool stuff's come out of it. A lot of interesting people. I'm friends with some of these people on Facebook, which is really cool. And, you know, while it's Facebook and technically we've never met in person, it's still pretty cool when you have access to people. And I have access to several talented, very, very professional, very successful people in my life. And if I shot them a message, chances are they're going to return my email. Hmm. So I, I wonder in, in your own journey and in your discussions with, with some of your heroes um, in the work that you're doing, uh, are there any sort of expectations you had growing up about what it meant to be a man and, and how it's kind of showing up in your life now? Not, not growing up. It took me a while to understand what I'm now seeing it with my father. I'm now understanding things with, with my father and I view things kind of reflecting back. So, I mean, growing up, I never really had any expectations, but, but I'm now starting to see things where I'm now starting to see that, you know, paying off your mortgage, you know, being able to pay your taxes, not that anybody likes taxes, but, but, but in many ways, being able to pay and afford your taxes and pay off your mortgage and pay your property taxes. You know, my dad put me through college. He put my sister through college. My dad just paid for my sister's wedding. And it's not, it's not fun necessarily to, 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 to pay those expenses, but, but, but he was able to do so and provide for my family. And I'm now seeing that and I'm seeing it very differently as a 25 year old, whereas an 18 year old. And I guess part of it is me living on my own, being able to pay for my own rent, being able to pay. And he, he helps me out a little bit, you know, you know, just, just to give me a little bit of a cushion, but, but, but I'm taking the bulk of it. And I think that it's, um, you know, you know I, I, I haven't seen it until I started taking control of certain things and understanding how things actually work and times that on a much larger scale. And you start to get a real accurate picture because, and so for, for me, I wouldn't say it's my child, but I would say it's actually right now and it's probably in the last eight months or so when I started really kind of picking up a good chunk of the bill myself mm -hmm. and understanding and it's just very, very interesting for me witnessing it. And I think that that in many ways, sort of why I wanted to talk about this and come on this podcast is that you don't, I mean, just, just to even talk about the question, I think this is really interesting also, is that you don't need to be a man when you're a kid. You don't need to think about being a man, but, but, but you reach a certain age where, where you have to be a man and you have to think about being a man and you have to think about taking responsibility. Being an adult is really it. And that, that age can be, if you're 18, I mean, technically it could happen at 16. It could happen at any time where you, you go from being a boy to, to, to being a man and, and that, that there's a shift and, and a lot of things come with that. And a lot of weight comes with that. And I think that that's also part of being a man is that you now have weight on you. And you have baggage and you have things that, that are tying you down that you have to carry. So, so when you thrive and you're successful, when I do a great interview, for, for example, I have the weight of that, my leg hurts and I still manage to do it. And the person I'm interviewing doesn't know that. The listener doesn't know that. The listener doesn't know what a shitty day I had. They just know that I'm consistent in every single interview I do and I do my homework. They don't know what type of day I had. 
And it would be nice if they did know. It would be nice if they said, man, that guy's like in pain every day. Damn, he's doing a great interview and you would never know it. That'd be fantastic for them to know, but they don't need to. I think that that's part of it. And so I see that with my father now a little bit more. And reflecting on my childhood, I see that a lot more of what I remember of my childhood. I think it was there. Yeah. yeah so, so it sounds like it's, it's becoming aware of the things that you took for granted of all the things your, your dad did that you don't realize matter until, well, now it's up to you to do those things. Right? Yeah. I mean, I guess that that's the best way how to put it. And, and, and look, you know, it is no, no, no parent is perfect. There were plenty of things that, that he probably shouldn't have done. Um, and, 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 but, but, but I understand parts of, of, of this temper when, 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 like I was 10, because he's like, you know, these miserable kids, you're spending money left and right. And like, like I now understand it. And it's funny because everybody can relate to that. Everybody knows their parent. And then when, and also he was starting his career in many ways and he took a risk and he's a solo practitioner and he went out on his own when he had no clients, when he had pretty much two small kids. I mean, you know, you know, you know, so, so many ways it's always been ingrained and beaten into me to go out and do that and take that risk and understand that you have to provide bread. And that's why he's probably used there. There were several fights in, in my family and my, my, my parents are still together for anybody jumps to conclusions and they're probably going to yell at me when, when they hear this, but there were fights about money because when you're out on your own and you got to go to your next paycheck, especially early on in your career, when you got two small kids, I mean, that, that's a lot of weight. Yeah. And so now given that he's more successful and that he's not so concerned anymore because he's been doing this for, for a long enough time that he knows when, when, when the next thing's coming and he doesn't have to worry about it so much. Still has to worry about getting a new client, but, but he knows it's there. So, yeah. Uh, and, and I, I invite you to ask him if he had fun paying for his daughter's wedding. Cause ideally there's some, at least a sense of satisfaction or, or pride that he could do it. But uh, you know, I, I, again, invite you to, you know, Ask him about that instead of assuming it, it was horrible or good, bad, or indifferent, but not see what he says about it. <laughs> cool. So, so at, and, and it's funny. So, um, initially looking, looking forward to this conversation, I thought I was going to hear a lot more frustration about you, but at least what we're talking about your your morale to use your term sounds really high and you you sound your enthusiasm is there um you know, i could you tell know. you i could tell you the story of my last burst out where 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 because 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 this this is this is the bad day and we said I'll, I'll explain the bad day what happens so i had a day where my body just was not cooperating i fell like three times i was struggling with with the thing at my job you know, you know, my, 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 I like my job, but my job is challenging in some days. Everybody has this at, at their day job where per perfect example is that if you're working in, we'll, we'll pick a generic store hot topic because I don't think they'll sue us for using their name. But, but sometimes every once in a while, you'll have a disastrous customer who's impossible and the customer's torturing the person and they keep on driving them closer and closer to the edge. And then the, the, the cashier made it through made it through and then you know what is they lost their credit card 
or 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 something else happened where 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 it, it took them an hour to get an Uber home or the metro broke down from from if they're in DC or they're in a city and then when they get home they find their credit cards gone and they find that somebody's been using their their identity and stole their identity they might snap understandable because they've been pushed far beyond so the last time I snapped is I fell like three times in a day. My body was achy. I lost my ID at my job. I was wet when, when I got home because it just was raining when I had to walk half a block after I took my Uber. My Uber was expensive and I just snapped. And so what I did is that in my bathroom, I took a can of shaving cream and I just spiked it onto the floor and it exploded all over. And then, and then, and then, and then it was just out of pure rage. So, so, so those days maybe happen once or twice a year where all the frustration boils over and you have to spike a can of shaving cream. And I want as, 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 and it made me feel really, really good <laughs> for about an hour where, where I was just like, this is the end. And then, and, and obviously anybody, the YouTube crowd can, can, can see my motion to spike it <clears throat> and it just exploded. It felt so good because I've reached a breaking point. And that, that is the pure formest, purest form of frustration that, that exists. And so that, that is the extreme. And then there, there's all the moderation. And that maybe happens once or twice. And anybody who says they don't have a situation like that is either not being challenged enough or, or, or is a superior human than I am. <laughs> um, because if you're being challenged and pushed and I chose a life that, that, that is challenging and I don't have to do my pockets. I don't have to write. I don't have to do certain things, but I do. And then there, there are consequences for that. And one of the consequences maybe one or two days out of the years, I have a miserable day where you have to go and spike a can of shaving cream and just watch it explode. And you feel good about the amount of damage you cause because all that damage has to exit your body. But for the most part, I manage that. And, and I do a pretty good job, all things considering what I'm up against, in which that I understand playing Overwatch for an hour calms me down or doing something else calms me down. And then sometimes, you know, is you just got to power through it. Like this week in particular, I have a very top heavy week where, where it's just one of those weeks that's a bit heavy up front, but starting tomorrow, Thursday and Friday, it's a lot lighter. And so I knew that I have to power through. So, so, so if I was having a disastrous Monday and Tuesday, which they have not been, I would just have to power through it. So and so that 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 that's the frustration hmm. component when when we get there. And so again, I'm just going to emphasize this because I want to make it clear so nobody thinks I'm a lunatic, doesn't want to listen to my podcast or any other thing that I do. Is that's a very rare occasion, and then we all have it. And then and, and if you don't think that you have it, ask your friends, ask your mom, ask anybody because they will tell you when you have been snapped and you 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 need to vent out that way because it is 
it happens to all of us and maybe yours is once every two years or once every three years but you get to that level at some point where you just snap and hopefully when you snap you're in the privacy and not in public <laughs> yeah i could tell you if you're if your peak snapping is a couple times a year and it's spiking a shaving cream you know, I would think, well, you, you've got your, you got your shit together because there's a lot of more, more worse ways your, your anger and rage or frustration can come out and really just mess up your life more than, uh, so like how you said, you know, ideally it's in the privacy of your own home and you know, you're just wrecking your own stuff. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I think that's great. And, you know, so again, it really, to kind of get back to the opening the notion of balancing your wants and your needs and your necessities and your challenges, it, it really sounds like you're doing it. So was it trial and error? Are there some, you know, are there some, some tips that you can share? It, it, it wasn't always that way. And I think, I think a lot of it is maturity. I think, I think that when, when you have a ongoing challenge in your life, um, initially, I'm going to use an analogy um, is that you're in a room and then the light is turned off. You don't know what's in that room. And I think as you learn more about your situation, your challenge, and then it could be mental, it could be physical, it could be environmental, you know, you know, for, for all purposes. And as you learn more and more and more, you figure out, okay, A works in this circumstance, B works here, C and you gotta try a little bit, you gotta assess situations. And as you become older, you, obs you, you learn more stuff, you, know, you, you have real life experience, you also try things. And then also what winds up happening is that, you, especially for, for instance, I like to use things like bases. So, so, so a base in your life is that if you have a girlfriend or you have a wife, you know, you know, you know, that, that is a base for, for the most part where that's going to be there today. It's going to be there tomorrow. It's going to be there the next day for, for most people in a normal, healthy situation. Um, or if you have a home and, or your job is a base. And so once you have those things, they, they, they help to, to kind of calm you down a little bit and help to make you feel more secure and understand your environment. And then you can say, okay, I have a nine to five job. That's staying there. I then need to make sure that I can get to my nine and five job. And then you're fitting puzzle pieces together and you're almost creating a formula saying that if look, if I lay in my bed, I get eight hours of sleep. Oh, I'm in 50% less pain today. That's funny. Let me try that again tomorrow. Let me try that again. Oh, maybe. And then you say, okay, look, you know, this, if I get seven and a half hours, this is the same effect. If I get four hours, no, that doesn't work, you know, you know, and so, and so, but, but you also have things like your job there. You have things that, that are staying the same and then you can modify components to that base and to that constant. A constant is a better word for it. you. You, so then you could slightly modify things to your constant and you could build out your life. And I think that's what's ultimately worked is that, I've realized that as you get older, you tend to settle in more of a routine where your life isn't as changing. When between 18 and 30, your, your life for, for, for new millennials, including myself, is gonna be changing rapidly. And so what, what I try to do is I try to create as many constants as possible. 
I've been in DC for three years. I've almost three years. I stayed in the same apartment because I know where everything in my apartment is. You know, I'm only planning when I move to, to move to one more apartment before getting a house. If I choose to go down that pathway. And so I don't want to move as many constants with that as possible. Cause I know where the Metro is. I know where, you know, to get an Uber, I know all these things that make my life easier. And I can modify things to that. I could change my sleeping pattern to get seven and a half hours and I have no effect. I can do certain things that way. So I think that's really what it is for, for me. And I think that that's the advice is that you want as many things to stay the same so that you can modify the rest to fit in with those pieces, because there's only so many options that, that you can have if you have a, nine to five job or a 730 to 340 job because because that takes up a block of time so then you can't you can't do something in the middle of the day you know that you can go to the movies before or after and that's the modification but then if you know that you want to be in bed and get eight hours you work backwards and you gotta be in bed by 10 so from 340 to 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 10 o'clock you can go to the movies and so and so i think that that's what it is is that it's just understanding constants your constants and understanding how you can modify and understand the effects that your choice of modification to your day ultimately affects it if that makes any sense yeah so, again, so you you deal with the rapidly changing life by recognizing the constants and choosing to keep them as constant as you can while you yes. do some trial and error with other things. I, I was thinking it through as I'm explaining it the best way. Cool. So it's, not, it's not the easiest thing to unpack. And it took me, and this is what I mean by being mature. It took me about three years to figure that out. Where with my life, it took me three years to figure out that I have certain things that stay the same. Hmm. And I have things that don't. And so I've been in my job right now in DC for approaching six months. And so that is a constant. What is not a constant is, you know, what am I going to have for dinner? And while, 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 while I'm cooking, but, but I know that I'm cooking my dinner in my apartment. And that is a constant. I know that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I cook my dinner in my apartment. I don't know what I'm cooking, but, but, but I know that I'm going to be home relatively before five o'clock. And I know that I'm going to be sleeping at 11 30, 12 o'clock. So I can modify everything else in my life. Cool. So from, from, from here, looking forward, you're, you're, you're doing these creative things. You're, you're putting words together online <laughs> for lack of a better term. You could call me a blogger. Let's just right. call me a blogger. I'll surrender right. the point. Okay, good. You're very blog resistant earlier, but I'm glad we've broken through that today. Um, but so looking forward, I, I wonder what, you know, what, what's the, what's the big goal? What's the big dream? Where do you want to take things? What, what's, what's the ideal? What's ideally next for you? Well, what I want to do is that I want to keep pushing this podcast forward. I would love to create my own podcast network. Um, but, 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 you know, that, that, that's just an idea. Um, I have a lot of small things that I want to do. Um, I would like to make money from this, to, to be honest. I think a lot of people do. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But one of my short-term goals right now is actually, um, and, and it's not even for money, 
Uh, I'm planning to write a comic book and it's something I want to do because I just want to do it. And what I really want to do is I just want to kind of almost build a brand name of pop anime comics, really take that as far as I can go and kind of build almost somewhat of, I guess, maybe like an independent small media company type thing where I take my website, I take the podcast, you know, you, you write under pop anime comics, a comic book, and you really create a small sort of indie media press organization. And that, that's really where I want to go. And there's something that we didn't get to talk about. And I do these panels all over the U.S. And I actually have three more coming up at the end of July. At the end of July, I should say. And then I have two more in, in August. And then I'm hopefully going to end my year with another two. And so that would bring me up to about 40 or 41 that I've done collectively. And so that, d- d- define that for me. I mean, what do you mean by panel? You, you're hosting a panel of people. You're putting oh, an event together. Like, what do you I, mean? I, I come up with a concept all by myself about anime comics. Per- perfect example is uh, I did a panel called Comic Book Investing 101 and how to invest in comic books and how to be successful and what to look out for. And the whole point of it was that who's for the consumer so that when you walk through a con, you don't get swindled. Um, and that was the concept of the panel. So, 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 and then I actually, it was the second time I got a sponsor and I got a really nice sponsorship out of it, which is really cool. And everybody won on the deal. Um, and it, it was, it was great. And one of the things that I do is I'm up there alone. I create a PowerPoint and I talk for 45 to 50 minutes about a topic. I do a lot of research. I Facebook live them because I think that's the way to do things and I like doing it. And anybody who's likes my Facebook page can get a bunch of free panels when I do them. Really cool. Technically, I might not be supposed to be doing that, but, but the con can go screw itself um, because they're not paying me. And, you know, if they, if they want to make an issue, I'll give it right back to them. Hey, spike um, them like a shaving cream can, man. <laughs> I'll spike them like a beer after I finish it, but not the point. <laughs> so, so I got into that and that would also be part of it where it's, it's, and that that's also sort of podcasting related where I am producing a lot of media and I produce and it's, it's a lot of work to do a panel. It's a lot of work and it could be terrifying. I've had 250 people in a room and one of the coolest things in the world and I recommend to anybody, if you ever have this, if anybody's listening to this and has ever had this happen to them, it is the coolest thing. I'm sitting in a room. So I did two panels at this con called Anime NYC. I'm sitting in a room. And one of the things that happened is that I did my first panel. I had maybe 50 people there. Kind of cool. Small room, big room. Room could hold 250 people, 300 people. I don't know. But then my panel's right after. And it's, it's this panel called Exploring Dystopia Through Attack on Titan, The Walking Dead, and Fahrenheit 451. And people just come in and the rows just start filling up. And they just start filling up. And I said to everybody, I said, this, you might not want to leave this room because this panel is the it panel. And when, 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 when people are just filling in the rows and then they're filling in the next row and the next row and the next row. And I say to a guy in the front row, say are there more because he just came in 
10 minutes and say, oh yeah, there's a lot of people outside. I'm like, said, it looks like this is gonna be full and it's very cool. And on that moment in that panel, I could have dropped the pin and it would have been hurt. Everybody was glued to, to what I was saying in my PowerPoint because there was no pictures. It was just black with white words behind on like this and everybody was tuned in and it was phenomenal and it was amazing. And that's the, one of the coolest things about panels that you can do because you don't get that from podcasting mm. and it is a high that is unbelievable and really, really cool stuff. And it's something that I'm planning to incorporate in and, but it can be very nerve wracking because if you're not ready for it, and you don't know your shit. I mean, and part of my French here, um, you're 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 gonna get roasted and you're gonna get destroyed. And then and, and you can command a room. It's 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 amazing. And that helps with podcasting too, because while it's a one-on-one setting, I've had thousands of people listen to my podcast. I mean, I've had forty thousand play streams so far. It's a lot of people. Not saying that 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 I'm Joe Rogan or other people get millions, but but forty thousand is nothing to balk at, because that that's a lot of people, and two hundred fifty people in a room is also a lot of people, in person, because it's very different in person than anything else, and so that's also going to be incorporated into it, and that's why I think I can be sort of an indie independent media that operates on minimal staff. I think the world wants that. And I think that's why podcasters are rising and we look at the news cycle again without getting too political. I don't think on both sides that they're happy with news right now. And I think that podcasting is the answer to a lot of that because people want to have conversations. I mean, we just had a long conversation about a lot of different things that I think a lot of people can relate to. And in fact, I think that a lot of people are scared to talk about this. Mm. And, and the reason why is because I said some controversial things on this. And, and there's no doubt that it is controversial. And in certain circumstances, if I said this on CNN, if I said this on Fox, if I said this on MSNBC, there'd be a Twitter storm coming. And I think that that's something that doesn't happen so much on podcasts. Cool. Cool. So, and hearing your excitement about that, I, uh, you know, I can hear some wants and needs really like overlapping. So I hope that the mandatory necessities, um, flow and allow all of, all of that to, to come to fruition. And so, so let everyone know where, where, where do they go to, to find you, to see what you're up to, to learn about the podcast. What's the best way to do that? So I have a website. It's popanimecomics.com. A lot of articles are up there. I think I have 250 articles or posts. And then on the side is the podcast. Um, but that's SoundCloud. So SoundCloud is Pop Anime Comics Lounge. Um, it's the same thing. Pop Anime Comics is on YouTube. Got a lot of cool stuff up there. Uploading my back episodes up on there. I only do audio. Um, I have a very cool interview coming out in the next, either tonight or tomorrow. With that, that I want to definitely push. It's a uh, Kevin Eastman. Kevin Eastman, he uh, co-created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that's a special edition that, that I'm releasing um, today or tomorrow. I want to I want to promote that. Um, and that's on, but, but the rest of the podcast stuff, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, the whole lot, um, anywhere where you listen to your podcasts, 
I'm on it. Uh, my Twitter is at Pop Anime Comics. My Facebook page, if you want to check out those panels, um, is Pop Anime Comics. It's free and it's really cool. And if you're into anime or anything like that, and I record most of them and they're live, so you could comment, you could ask questions. And if I don't get to your question during the live thing, I always respond on Facebook to questions. So that's something that's cool. And if you can't afford an anime ticket because they're getting really expensive, but you like panels, I'm a really good option. Um, and legitly, it will cost you only your electricity costs to power your laptop and your Wi-Fi, which if you're not watching my thing, you're probably already on the internet anyway. So no harm, no foul. But the caveat with that, I do want to make it clear is that I really only leave it up for about three weeks per per panel, maybe five weeks at the most, just because I don't think it, you should have a right to see a panel, but, but you shouldn't have the right to indefinitely see a panel because that that's unfair to everybody else. Also, if you're in the DC area, I'm going to totally promote something fun. <laughs> I have buttons that are free. Uh, so if you go into my panels, I do give free buttons out and they have my logo on it. So, so, so that's a really cool thing. I will be at two cons. Uh, one's in Virginia. It's Blurred Con. That's coming up. I think it's on the 21st or no, it's on the 27th, 28th. I'm sorry. It's the 27th, 28th, 29th, I believe. At the end of July, just you can Google them. And then the other one is OtakuCon, which is in D.C., and I have two panels there. And again, if you come to my panel and you're in the DC area, you get a free button. Um, while supply lasts, while supplies <laughs> last. Um, and depending on how many buttons I have at BlurredCon, I will order more if need be. So, so don't fret everybody. And this is the first place I've announced my buttons. Um, so, so you should be honored. Um, and if you would like a button too, I will be more than happy to send you one. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, that, that's everything that's going on. Anything with pop anime comics is mine. So that that's the end of it. Unless I owe you money and I don't know you. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll uh, I'll have links to everything you've talked about on the uh, at realmenfield.org slash blog where all the show notes are. And uh, I met Kevin Eastman, man, way back when the first, when the original Ninja Turtle movies came out. Because I'm, so I'm in Massachusetts. They lived in Northampton, Mass. And they used to have a comic book museum that was wicked cool, went out of business. So ask, ask him what's, it, what's up with his museum. That's the last time I saw him. <laughs> 1990-something. Very, very cool guy. Very, very nice guy, too. Awesome. Well, it's, it's been uh, a pleasure uh, talking to you. I wish you great luck in all that you're doing. And, yeah, I think uh, whether you're 25 or 65, that there's uh, a, a lot of um, things to – to resonate with, connect with, to, to hear you kind of appreciate and recognize things your dad has been doing and, and continues to do, um, your own discoveries, um, again, balancing your necessities with, with your wants. Um, I thought it was very cool. And uh, again, I wish you uh, great success and continued uh, good balancing and high morale. Well, thank you for having me on. It's appreciated. I love to talk about this, and I think it's really important to talk about this. Beautiful. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening and we'll, uh, we'll be in touch again. We'll talk to you soon next week with a new show. Real Men Feel is brought to you by The Good Men Project. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations that no one else is having. Uh, again, thanks for joining us. Wherever you're listening to us, post a rating, a review, a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Visit realmenfeel.org. Check us out on Facebook. 
Twitter, Instagram, all the magical pipes of the interwebs, and we'll talk to you again soon. Be well, everyone. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having.